0: All right, we got Ryan DeFaber of Two Cents Worth Podcast and Bears Den Gym here with us today. Uh, This is uh, Open House with James Tatum, and it is a podcast focused around the conversations and things in the gym, everything from training methods, technique, massage, and other odd topics that come up. So make sure you subscribe, uh, leave reviews, whatever you want to do. And uh, here we got Ryan too, and his podcast is Two Cents Worth podcast. So uh, if you're listening on there, make sure you do the same. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So thanks,
1: thanks for having me. Sorry.
0: Yeah, no, no. Yeah, thanks for coming on. We are here at House of Weightlifting. We're in the gym. Uh, we're in a warehouse. So we've got some kids in the background doing pull-ups. And we've got some, uh, you know, it's an industrial-type, uh, you know, uh, building. So we've got some 18-wheelers right outside, too. <laughs> so uh, we're going to have all sorts of cool sounds. Um, so... I uh, hope you guys enjoy this one. Um, so, we'll start off with uh, with Ryan. Um, kind of how how uh, Ryan and I got connected.
1: Yeah. So first off, i like to say about the podcast. With this being here, it's authentic, right? Yeah. So we're here in your gym, um, and that's how we got connected. So during COVID, I live in North Carolina. The gym is in South Carolina, and As uh, everyone's aware, everyone's state, everyone's county, everyone's city has different rules and regulations. And uh, during lockdown, my training partner, Pete, lives in the neighborhood of one of your business partners. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we couldn't go to our gym anymore. And he was like, hey, my buddy has a gym and uh, he's going to hook us up with the owner, James. And he said, basically, we could use it if we you know want to become members and that's basically kind of how it was it was uh what june of june or may of 2020 maybe even maybe june of 2020 and that's how we kind of got connected
0: that sounds about right you know that's right when those lockdowns started happening Mm -hmm. um yeah and luckily we were a little bit more um lenient here on the south carolina side they had um you know i think i did like i closed the gym down Mm -hmm. um But it was like a like I had coaching like I had a like a sign in sheet so no two people would really be here in the same time and uh, you guys trained super early in the morning so you know nobody had any problems with that so that worked out well yeah Um, but yeah so it was really cool to actually be able to kind of provide that and that actually helped keep this gym afloat because uh, you know uh, a lot of my members at the time were, uh, restaurant workers mm. and they got hit the hardest. You know, you didn't realize how many restaurant workers I had, uh, as members in the gym until, uh, until then, which yeah. is kind of funny.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just remember coming in here the first time. Um, and again, like you said, we're, we're in an industrial park and we roll in and not, it's kind of weird. Like having the gym taken away from you, most people will be like, Oh, it's okay. You can still work out at home. And that's what we were doing for a couple months. And then it was like, we got to walk in here and again, that authenticity and just like the, just a warehouse gym, but it's more than a warehouse gym. But when we first walked in, I'm like, this is kind of awesome. Like it's, it's, it's very authentic. It's not your commercial gym where you walk in and it's a hundred pieces of cardio equipment. Yeah. There's an assault bike and there's a rower and it, it kind of breaks it down into more of like what i then kind of modeled my small garage gym after of more so keeping it um i don't want to call i don't want to say this is minimalized because it's not there's a lot of equipment in here but more of like you can do a lot with not as much equipment as what a commercial gym would have
0: yeah for sure um i think i even Get myself into that that issue too. Is I want to keep getting more and more, and I'm like, ah, I don't I don't need more. Like I've I've got a lot. Yeah, you know, you want to, you know, you see the next greatest thing. You know, that's uh, I guess that's part of uh, their uh, successful marketing plans from these companies.
1: That's been one thing with me is you know now that I have this garage gym is what else can I get? What else can I fit in here? What else can I move around to get another piece of equipment? Um, and then you know you follow all these companies and you see them putting out all this new stuff or, um, you know, you go, well, I only have a couple hundred pounds worth of weights. Maybe I need the the next pair of bumpers that are coming out or the cool ones that are out. So, yeah, I mean, I find myself in the same situation, but with me in my garage, the whole reason on why I started it is obviously I wanted to keep working out, but, and, and, you know, you and I were going to talk about this, too, is the equipment selection. I still wanted to park my cars in the garage. So there's a difference. Yeah. There's, there's guys that I follow. Um, and I think you know one of them, the guy, um, Garage Gym Lab. You
0: know, I just looked him up to okay. see what it was. Yeah, Garage Gym Lab. Yeah.
1: yeah, so he's here in South Carolina as well. You cannot park your your car in his garage. Right. So, like, it's a full-on gym in his garage where, like, me and my wife were like, look, we'll get equipment, but we still want to park our cars in the garage. So, you know, I had to go through that as well, looking for equipment and figuring out, like, what actually can fit. And that also helps to kind of keep it minimalized.
0: Yeah, yeah, because you got the – what is it, the PRX? Is that the brand? Yeah. Yeah. They were on Shark Tank, weren't they? Yes. yeah. It's a very cool –
1: concept i know i know rogue now makes a similar type foldable rack but basically that's what their concept is it's foldable racks that they fold down they're on like a little hydraulics it's very easy to install i installed it myself in maybe an hour and a half once it all arrived and it's very convenient it folds down i get what i need to get done and i fold it right back up on the wall and i can drive my car right back in
0: yeah that's perfect i mean and you know the The other things that you're getting, you know, like squat stands do that same thing, except they're not nearly as stable as a squat rack, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And bench pressing off of squat stands, it's a little scary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, there's times where we've done it, um, not in my gym, but other gyms where, you know, you rack that back up and you're like, I hope this didn't drop, going to drop on my face. Oh,
0: yeah. You know I see people in here so I bought a big power rack mm-hmm. for that very reason with like safety uh, safety bars and everything and uh, I still have people come in here and I've got this I've got this little tiny uh, squat stand and it's pretty wobbly and uh, I like it you know I've I squatted uh, like I don't know 240 kilos off of that so it's it holds up good yeah I've seen some people take you know close to 300 off of that similar rack so it holds up good but it's definitely wobbly. It's like meant to hold weight straight down. And uh, when people start uh, bench pressing on it, it scares me. You know, I'm I'm not gonna lie. You pointed at it. I've we've done incline on that a lot. Oh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> when we were working out here. Um, oh yeah. You and you yeah, when play. you rack it, you're like, okay, I have my spotter with me. Okay, good. Make sure that gets back in there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. You got a good spotter. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, you know, PRX was is a you know for me in in regards if you're looking for starting a garage gym you know and you know this with owning your own gym the market's flooded with so much stuff um yeah for sure i would say if someone's if anyone listening is looking to kind of build their own garage gym take your time because there's so much equipment out there check out reviews even reach out to the companies and see how their customer service is so like the guy who runs social media, TK for PRX, he talks to me almost every day. Like, he'll hit me up all the time. Oh, that's cool. And so, you know, they're very open to talking to their customers, seeing how their equipment is, things like that, to where you have others that if you go and look at their reviews outside of Google, go on, like, YouTube and stuff. I mean, there's so many com- guys that do reviews do. of equipment. Yep. There's some bad companies out there. Yeah. And you look at the prices and you go, oh, that's awesome. That's an, that's something I could I could get and there's a time where, you know, it makes sense to get the less expensive thing. I don't want to say the cheapest thing, right? The less expensive thing, more cost-effective thing.
0: Yeah. So, for example, I've got this uh I've got this Titan Titan Fitness clock up here. Mm-hmm. You know, it keeps the time all right, but it also has the blinking dots that are supposed to be seconds. Well, most clocks are seconds. No, it does like 40 of them per minute, you know, and it's it still counts the clock to a minute, but like some people were trying to count their tempo, and they were like, off of the blinking dots. And I was just like, eh, that that's not quite right. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a variety of different uh, equipment in here, too. I think I, I used to, uh, I don't know if you know this, I used to be sponsored by a company called Muscle Driver. Okay. And uh, they made pendulum Barbell. They had um, Muscle Driver USA, so they made, uh, made pretty much everything you needed for a CrossFit gym. Yeah. And I think at one time, they were larger than Rogue. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they were pretty big. So they used to make the plates for Rogue. So all of the the bumper plates that uh, Rogue would sell, I don't know if, the, you know, the company's out of business now, so nobody yeah. cares. But they actually came from Muscle Driver. So they used okay. to be printed in the warehouse where we used to train. So we would see all these Rogue plates in there while we were training. Like, hey, what's the deal? Like, we're Muscle Driver. And they're like, yeah, don't tell anybody. We make their plates. Um, so, like, they, <laughs> they were... Uh, they were pretty big, and uh, they just poor management. Um, once the markets got flooded, mm-hmm. it kind of made them go under. Um, but at, during that time, we were only allowed to use muscle driver stuff. Right. So, like, we couldn't have other barbells in our gym. We uh, so we would compete on like an Aliko, yeah. But we would only train on pendle barbells, and pendle barbells are good. But you know, something like the specialty of uh, of the sport of weightlifting when you. Uh, if you're competing on one bar, you want to train on that one bar. So you kind of get used to it. And this is like the top, like small little tweaks here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you get to the point, you can kind of feel the difference. Uh, but we couldn't have those bars. So my idea when I was coming in here, I was like, I want a wide variety of equipment. You know, I want to, uh, I want a bunch of different types of bars. I want, uh, a bunch of different types of equipment. So like I've got, I've got Swarnex, I've got muscle driver, I've got Pendley, uh I've got Rogue, yep. um, and a few other ones. But uh, so you got you got PRX Rack, and then uh, did you do the rest of the stuff with them too? No, so
1: you know again, this is down. This is during when we you know COVID hits and everyone starts running out of inventory, and so. It was you get put on wait lists or, you know, you sign up for wait lists and everything. And I just started doing my research of, all right, if I'm going to create a home gym, you know, what are good companies that have good products that are also close to availability? You know, and I mean close to availability as in like 8 to 12 weeks wait time is what the close to availability is. Yeah, that was some wild time then. So I went with PRX for the rack and the barbell. And then for my bumper plates, Rep Fitness out of Denver because I could get, um, they have like, you can do individual or you can do a bulk. And it it came with 445s, 235s, 225s, and 410s. So it's like 360-ish pounds worth of bumper plates. And it was decently priced for the time where, you know, gym equipment, Almost basically doubled and tripled in price.
0: Yeah, it was wild. There was a whole bunch of those. Uh, I think Adam was one of them from Garage Gym Lab. He was uh, he was finding outrageously priced equipment like on marketplace, yes. like Facebook Marketplace, and screenshotting them. And it would be like these old pair of like ten pound dumbbells, and they'd be like two hundred dollars. Yep, and it was just wild. Uh, and it, people were buying it. You know, it was a it was a crazy it's, time. It's
1: because. There's a good and a bad thing to that. The good thing is that people were still committed to fitness, right? Instead yeah. of just getting locked in cuz everyone talks, oh, we, I gained the COVID-15, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever it is. <clears throat> That's a good thing. The bad thing is is that obviously, you know, there's a saying, you never let a good crisis go to waste. Well, mm-hmm. certain companies, not not all of them, I mean, again, they are still competitively priced. So I have the rep, I have dumbbells, I went with the bumper plates and an incline bench, an incline bench. From Rep, it's not their top of the line, but I mean, it's still, it was two hundred bucks.
0: Oh yeah, for that, an incline bench, good.
1: adjustable incline bench, um, and then kind of just going from there. You know, I have something. I have a Plyo box from Titan. Um, I have some mobility bands from Rep, but I kind of stick to, and then Rogue. I have some stuff from them, but I kind of stick to
0: the yeah so my kids are in the background yeah, they're fine and they are uh i think they're trying to make a fort with uh titan plyo boxes actually
1: yep there you go yeah so you know kind of and then coming in here because i was building the gym out when i was still working out in here and so i would see what you had and i'd kind of go and look at it as well you know for me i don't need i'm not at your level in regards to you know olympic lifting and things like that so i don't need a lot of the specialty bars you know, or the Olympic bars. So the PRX bar is just fine for what yeah. I do. And if it, if it gets destroyed, it gets
0: destroyed. I'll, you know, get another one. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Yeah. Cause those, uh, those special Olympic bars, they get expensive.
1: Well, you mentioned yeah. like Alico and all that. So again, during the whole lockdown, I just started following every company I could find. Basically anybody that potentially might have inventory, I would get on their wait list on on the stuff I was looking for. So I get emails from Alico, Titan, mm-hmm. Rogue, Rep, PRX. Um, I mean, you know, the list goes on. Frey, all these other companies, Sorenex, all of them. I was looking at all of them, just trying to figure out, one, what's the most cost-effective and quality, and two, who has stuff? Yeah, that was the biggest thing. Who has it? Because this was great, but there was going to come a time to where, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen next. And, you know, is are we going to be sent back home again and all that stuff? So.
0: Yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah. So I like that idea of having that home gym. I think there's another company here in Charlotte. Uh, the guy Dan Rose runs it. And it's like Epimony. I don't know. It's a Latin name. I'm messing that up. I'm butchering it. But uh, he sells plates. and I bought a lot of plates from him. Okay. Right during that time. Uh, and that was, you know, that was crucial. Mm-hmm. You know, because I actually bought more plates at that time too. Because I started sending Like, uh, people that didn't want to come into the gym, I sent them home with a bar and a set of weights. Oh, nice. So then that they would do their own garage gym during that whole time. Um, So it was kind of, it was kind of fun, you know, but even me, like I knew these people and I had trouble getting a hold of weights. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, that's the thing too, right? Like you're in the industry, right? And you, you're sponsored by these companies and you know people. That's how hard it was.
0: Yeah. It was, it was a, it was an interesting shortage. Yeah, I think there's going to be another one, too, um, especially anything ordering from China. Yep. You're not going to be able to get that, and all these plates are made in China. so.
1: I was going to say, it's, I, I still don't see it back anywhere near where it was. Prices are starting to come down a little bit. You know, They're becoming more reasonable again, but there's still a lot of out-of-stock, out-of-stock, out-of-stock. Y-
0: yeah, and it'll probably be that for a while.
1: It's, it's everything. Go in the
0: grocery store. You know, we were trying
1: to get Gatorade the other day for the kids, and my wife came home. She's like, "Is there a Gatorade shortage?" I'm like, "I don't know. I mean, I'm like, it's still hot outside, so people are, might buy, be buying it up, or there is a shortage of Gatorade. I don't
0: know." Yeah, well, I guess they said, uh, you know, there's a lot of. Uh, somebody was telling me in California they're having trouble getting employees to uh, unload the shipping, mm-hmm. like yeah. the shipping containers. Yeah, and so there's like usually there's like two or three boats just like or ships waiting. Uh, and right now there's like 12 or 13 of them out there just waiting to be unloaded because they just, they can't do just, it in time. Yeah. So they were saying, you know, start buying your kids Christmas presents now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I heard that too, you know, like, like shipping and shipping costs are going to be going up and mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, word of advice for people listening, if you're looking to buy a garage gym, one, do your, do your searching and, and your research, but two, buy now
0: yeah yeah it's uh it's the time because
1: <laughs> i mean and you guys can hear this on my podcast if you ever go and listen to it and i tell the whole story but basically we're sitting in the driveway during lockdown and that's when i bought it, it was in april and all the stuff didn't show up till like june july
0: yeah so what three months three months yeah wow yeah. yeah it's a long time to wait
1: long time to wait and you have to just become creative you know like i was benching on a a wooden picnic bench that my dad made for the kids that I brought into the garage mm-hmm. that's what I was doing with like 25 pound dumbbells and I was like this is ridiculous and that's when
0: we started coming here I was like we have to find somewhere to go so yeah yeah so you guys when you started coming here it was uh it was you and two other guys right yes yeah and then uh so that's good because you got your training partners and you got somebody to train with yep so that, I mean even even at that time you know you have to have a little bit of mental health and just community reaching out with people uh, which makes a difference, and the gym is the perfect place to do that.
1: It, it is, you know, I talk about it a lot to my friends and everything and, and family and, and on my podcast as well, it's just more of like I love the fact that I have a training partner and there's accountability. Like I know he doesn't miss, so I can't miss. And if he's going to miss, he's going to give me enough ample time. He'll usually tell me the night before, hey, man, I'm probably not going to make it, or like he'll text me at 2 in the morning. Hey, kids were up all night. I'm not coming. I've only had like an hour of sleep. So like the accountability piece of it is great. And the mental health part of it is great too. And you were talking about earlier, like we come in super early. My alarm set, I can show it to you on my phone, 4.15 every morning.
0: Ooh, that's early.
1: I get up at 4.15 every morning, whether I go to bed at midnight, nine o'clock, whatever, 4.15 because I know at 5 a.m. Pete will be at the gym. And if not, and I work out at home, and Pete has something to do, or, you know, our schedules just aren't lining up, I still go and work out at the gym at 5 a.m. because it just creates that routine and accountability for myself as well in regards to my health and fitness and just overall, like, happiness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's surprising how something like that, getting that routine can kind of Make so many things better. Yeah. Um, you know, having the accountability, having somebody here to train with you. Uh, that was one of the biggest things that I had that I liked about opening a gym was to have people be able to come into the gym and have someone to train with, kind of making that step um, to actually train easier. Because if you, I mean, if you're going to yourself, you're going to have that battle. You're mm-hmm. going to have that, like, if you don't have that partner that's going to meet you there, yeah. or, you know, I know you mentioned, you know, he would let you know if he wasn't going to come. But for the most part, he would be there, and just having someone there makes it so much easier to go, yeah yeah, because if you're training alone it's uh it's pretty miserable
1: it It is so much harder on you mentally to go into the gym, I think others others can do it. Others have that mental fortitude to just go in there, you know, head down, focus on what they need to get done. It's hard sometimes to wake up and go. All right, I'm going to work out. I already have the program set up. But do I really want to go and work out by myself? Am I really going to get the most out of it? You know, that's, that's the hard part of kind of getting through it. So having a, a training partner is great. There's times, like the last two weeks, him and our schedule, his kids have been sick. And, you know, I have to travel for work. So, you know, we've, we've been working out separately. And my 4.15 alarm's been going off. Mm-hmm. And usually I'm right out of bed. It's now about 4.30. It's A.M. still early, but I still get it done. But it's not that, all right, man, I got to get up because Pete's going to be there. And, you know, the other thing, too, that I find working out with somebody, right, there's good to, there's pros and cons of, of working out by yourself and working out with a partner. But like you are just talking about, like, there's so many good things about it. It makes me happy. Yeah. When you come in the gym and you're like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. You leave, and most people are like, oh, you're so happy afterwards. Sometimes I leave, and I'm like, that was a crappy workout. Like, I feel worse.
0: Yeah, and you know, that makes me think of, the first thing that comes to mind is, uh, you know, some people, like, idolize that, like, uh, the the self-discipline of, like, the person that goes in and trains alone and does this and that, Um, but it's almost important to just do some self-evaluation and, you know, look at it from, like, you know, realistically. So, realistically, that's that's not me. Like, mm-hmm. I would not uh, – I wouldn't be able to train consistently year after year like I have been if I had done it all on my own. Yeah, yeah. So, we just had to pause. Um, Ronan very desperately needed to tell us that when he does lots of pull-ups, it hurts his hands. Um, I was
1: going to let him know. He should look at our hands. I, I have – my kids look at my hands all the time. They're like, what's wrong with your
0: hands? I'm like, it's called work. It, yep. <laughs> you know, they, they expect something smooth. They're like, oh, something's wrong with that. Yeah. You know? I'm like,
1: why are your hands so like rough and ripped up? I'm like, well, it's because I like it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Got to have tough hands. So we we're talking
1: about working out alone, you know, and, and, or having a partner. And you're talking about the, uh, the mental side of it, of just trying to get you back on track. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. So that that mental side, like that's one of the things that uh, having that group here to train with or somebody to train with makes such a big difference. Yeah. And uh, there is, I mean, I can I can really think of one major person in weightlifting um, that uh, he trains by himself in his like in his uh, garage shed. And he, uh, he's very self-motivated, and he, like, when you talk to him, he prefers to lift that way. Hmm. Uh, Ian Wilson is his name, okay. and he, uh, he set the American record in the 105 kilo weight class. He snatched, like, 173 kilos, which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then he kind of had some injuries here and there, but he's making his comeback now. But, like, that's his preferred method, like, training in his garage. You know, occasionally he'll have one training partner, but for the most part, it's just by himself, yeah. going heavy. all the time and he does well now me on the other hand like my best lifts were in front of a crowd like i needed that external motivation it gets you pumped up right that adrenaline starts going yeah and uh you know i think that's that's a valuable thing to do is to uh, just do that evaluation and keep in mind what's going to help you be the most consistent year after year in training and i really believe that you know in you know it's going to be different everywhere in the united states training partners is the way to do it yeah you know competition training partners
1: I I take my training serious, but I'm obviously, again, like, I'm not like where you guys are where it's, you know, I'm training for any type of competition. I like having a training partner because I like to have someone to talk to, make a joke here or there, and also, you know, you have, for me, I've had some of my best lifts with a training partner. Mm-hmm. Because... They're going pound for pound with you, or they know what you're trying to accomplish goal wise so they're gonna sit there so for instance, five feet from where we're sitting, I deadlifted 405 in here and I had never deadlifted over 400 pounds. I tried two years ago and failed with Pete in our in our commercial gym, and when we were doing it here, I said, I, I'm gonna go heavy today. I'm gonna do 405 today I'm gonna try nice and he he came with the smelling salts oh, you know because nice. he was like, you know hey we got we got to get you as jacked up as possible and you know got it on video i still have it on my phone because it's it's a milestone right yeah and it was something that him and i saw me fail at a few years ago and then i just never tried it again Mm -hmm. and then when we started working out in here again and again just more so like that that motivation of hey you know we we got this we got this gym the gym was taken away from us now we have this gym I want to try it again and we were working so hard and we did it i did it He, he doesn't deadlift because he has a back problem but you know that training partner just helps you that much more
0: yeah so you said uh you started this story off with um we don't train for competitions like you guys so i would almost say that it's no different yeah yeah not at all i mean some people kind of glorify this and you know, I've I've competed internationally mm-hmm. on, like, the world stage. And that was one of my biggest lessons to learn that took me a long time. I always thought it was different, that you had to do things differently when you're on the, like, competition stage because it's bigger and it's stuff. Right. And I never had as good of a total as I would when I was at a national meet just having fun. And it really comes back down to those same things that you're saying. You're having someone in here. You say a joke here, a thing there. And it kind of, like gets you in the right uh, your zone of optimal performance. And you know for for the most part it's it's for most people it's kind of a relaxed thing. It's yeah. it's fun to come in and train. It's fun to come in here and just you know, see your friends and train and you know, talk crap. Yeah. Uh and then you know, cheer each other on when they're going for those big lifts. Uh so really, you know, it's almost like demystifying the idea of you know like high level sport because you know everybody wants to glorify high level sport because right. you know they're the the top of the game, but really you know it just comes back down to it's just the same as everything else you know if you want to get good it's almost the same principles as yeah. you would have for uh, for like these kids it's just positive reinforcement um, and making it fun and it's- see
1: that that makes me feel a little better not not like I was you know thinking I was any less than what you guys do but. It makes sense. Yeah. I would, I would sit, I would have, I came in here thinking more so like just the work effort that you guys put in is just different than what a normal person might put in. I want to say a normal person, somebody maybe like myself puts in in the gym. I'm sure there's differences here or there, but very interesting perspective on that. I didn't, I would never have, I, w- I would have never said what you do in the gym is similar to what I do in the gym.
0: Yeah, so I will say that, like, it's – the the same in the mentality is kind of the same. Yeah. Uh, the direction can be different based on, like, different things. But, like, that –
1: Technique, pe- all that type – the, the, little, the yeah. little things, the attention to
0: detail. Just those, like – just those – those are all, like, kind of small things. Like, I would say that what you were talking about, those are, like, big picture things. Yeah. And the big picture things are a lot – very similar. And I uh, – you know, I don't see it from the other end of the spectrum too much – um, but I see it from people that are, have like potential to be good at weightlifting. They almost put a certain amount of stress on themselves yeah, and almost too much expectations. Um, you know, they're, you know, if you look at it at a goal setting, it's like, um, let's see, let's say they want to become a millionaire, but right now they're making $10 an hour, you know, they're like, oh, I want to be a millionaire. And then it just seems so out of reach that it's just unachievable and they're discouraged. And so even though they had the potential to be a millionaire, for this person, it's the potential to, whatever, go to nationals. Um, And they have these high expectations and they think they need to behave differently when really they just need to show up, they need to be consistent, just like the person that's trying to, you know, just go to a local meet and have fun or better
1: themselves. Well, you just said it, consistency. Consistency, if if you're somebody that, you know, wants to get into lifting or anything, consistency is key. You're gonna run into times where, you know, an injury might pop up here or there, or, you know, like I just talked about earlier, you're not feeling it, whatever, but it's that consistency.
0: Yeah, and it's, I mean, even with injuries, you can still come in and keep that habit of coming to the gym, you know? Scale
1: back, do, do something that is different but can still work the same muscle group or whatever.
0: Yep, exactly. Yeah, they were saying that... uh, I was was talking about this study. They did a study on hockey players. And, you know, they have a lot of ankle injuries. And I think this was specific to ankle injuries. They had hockey players doing their, you know, their PT, watching hockey. And then they had hockey players doing their PT not watching hockey while they were doing the stuff. And the ones who watched hockey while they were doing their, like, recovery PT, like, on the bike or whatever... Mm -hmm. Uh, they recovered faster, significantly faster, than the ones who were not watching. So just, you know, seeing, being in the moment and, like, being around other people doing the same thing as you, even though if you're not doing the same thing, uh, you know, that's more of a sport thing. Um, just general fitness would be right. a little bit different. But uh, there's got to be some carryover there, too. You know? Yeah,
1: well, I mean, think. Just still go to the gym. If you're carrying an injury, if it's not hard enough, you know, if it's not something that's, the, you know, keeping you in bed, you can go to the gym and do yeah. something again, you keep that consistency. Mm-hmm. Your rehab might be better because you know, okay, Hey, I'm, I'm still going in, still getting stuff done. And you, you rehab smarter. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it seems like, you know, that studies there, right? You know, again, it, going and, and not removing it from your life could be super helpful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I will say too, that I, uh, I took eight months off during covid i uh, i did i stayed active because we just literally went outside we hiked and did stuff with the kids but i didn't lift a barbell i didn't do any weightlifting, and uh you know i actually got a lot of back pain from not doing that because what i think happened is um uh so i'm pretty strong Mm -hmm. uh, and when i stopped lifting a barbell you know some of my core muscles got kind of weaker and kind of untrained and uh but then i would go do stuff but i would Still have a lot of the strength from those big, you know, prime movers that I developed in weightlifting. That I would go and uh, I'd go pick up a log or something, and I'd move it easy enough. But then all of those little stabilizers were like, ah, nope. Yeah. And then I, I actually had a lot of back pain. I know I don't think I like physically injured it, but I was just too strong to not train, and I led to back pain. And I was just like, okay. And now, now I don't have back pain because yeah. I've been been doing a lot of stuff. But it took a long time to get out of that you know if i had just stayed consistent even if it was something small you know like you know even once a week just like a maintenance thing for nine for eight months that i was off that would have made a difference if i had kept that habit um but i didn't and so i learned the lesson there
1: yeah well and and to say that you're you're strong you you have your numbers up here on the the wall and we've always looked at them when we were working out here and i'm like this dude is he's more than strong and your picture right right behind us um impressive in regards to
0: nice thanks man
1: when you when you look at so what are you 5 uh 5
0: 8
1: 5 8 yeah, okay short. so 5 8 and the numbers that he's got up here and most of the people listening to this probably already know it but when we were working out here we would always be like this guy And we look at the pictures and everything and we, and you know, we had actually never met in person during when, when I was working out here, it was through your other business that we, we met in person. Um, but then like seeing you, I'm like, man, you, you pack some power in that frame.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all what weightlifting is. It's just that relative strength. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, those numbers up there on the board are like, um, those are my, my post injury PRs. I I had like nerve damage in my shoulder in 2017. And uh, mentally, I had to reset and go off of lower numbers, and I still haven't gone above them. But um, yeah, you now sometimes I'm thinking like that, oh man, when I was in my prime, like now I'm thinking, oh man, those are, I'm surprised I hit them. So, and, you know, it's kind of fun though.
1: But it, you know what, again, going back to kind of accountability, and, and also just like motivation in general, the fact that you keep that up there on the board, you know what you've been able to do, and that you could build back to that. now as we get older I don't know right like Mm -hmm. I'm 37 and you know I played college baseball and so you know I've and then been in the gym ever since college got out basically and there's peaks and valleys, right? There's times where I've hit PRs, and then there's times where we'll come in, and I'm like, what happened? Why can't I get this lift now? Yeah. You know? And then, like, something tweaks. Like, oh, my shoulder hurts now. Or, like you just mentioned, like, oh, my back is hurting now. Like, yep. more things kind of pop up on your body than they did when we were, you know, 18 to 21, 22 years old.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can relate to that. I've got a lot more of the uh, recovery uh, tools now than I did back then. Yep, massage
1: <laughs> guns. You know, we're on the um, – massage table right now is how we're set up um yeah and you do that too right
0: yeah yeah so i uh, we do massage in the in the gym and you know what i kind of like about the massage table with the podcast is it's soft yeah so it almost kind of acts as like a a noise dampener maybe yeah, I it, know. it
1: absorbs it but <laughs> um yeah that's that's the thing too like that in in regards to gym equipment i'm also looking at like what what recovery equipment can i get um mm-hmm. you know the next one might be like the ice bath, outside out ice bath because I, I see the the um, the Rubbermaid right behind us too. You know, looking at things like that. Yeah, because recovery is so key, um, and I never really thought about that up until I started getting little tweaks here and there. You know, in my training is how important recovery truly is. Yep. because I'm not 21 anymore. I can't just. You know, like I played baseball, so like I can't go out and throw a hundred pitches, and then the next day go and throw a hundred pitches mm-hmm. again and have a rubber arm. Like that doesn't exist anymore. Like, you know, my kids are in little league now. I pick up a ball and throw it five times. My arm starts hurting. You know, because I'm just older mm-hmm. and the, the wear and tear. I never really started incorporating recovery up until maybe a year ago in my training, and that's been really beneficial in regards to strength and overall
0: well (laughs) he's fine
1: well-being of my body
0: yeah yeah it really does I mean there's a lot of different things that uh can contribute to it um so one of the problems with my ice bath is is, uh, is actually getting enough ice to make it cold. Yeah. Uh, so we don't do ice baths as much as we should. I've been on the lookout for like a industrial like restaurant size ice machine. Yeah. Because that would make it a lot easier to do it. Yeah, just constantly making ice all day long. Yeah, because yeah. it takes a lot of ice. But I do feel better when you're out there, you know, with the ice machine. Uh, you know, we could almost have like a whole podcast about like all of the different recovery tools. Because I've got this new one that somebody brought in. It's called a breath belt. Uh, and so I'm going to be trying that out some and it's about it's kind of like a, it kind of helps you with like diaphragmatic breathing and bracing and then you can also like and put like lacrosse balls and tennis balls in there mm-hmm. and kind of release your abdominals and uh you know depending on you know how much uh, how much fat and how much adipose you got around your stomach you could even get into your psoas with one of those lacrosse balls while doing movement with this belt so like I've been playing around with that and it you know I've only done it for about two or three days now, and that feels pretty good. Yeah, uh, and you know, you're always just finding one of those little things that'll take you to that next step.
1: And it can be as simple as a lacrosse ball, or you can go and get a massage gun, or you know, build yourself an ice bath. Or mm-hmm. there's that's kind of another thing of the market now is so many recovery tools flooding the market.
0: Yeah, what's
1: good? What's not good?
0: Yeah, and that's tough because uh, you know, I have some trouble. So being a massage therapist, uh, I, I even had trouble in massage school hmm. uh, because, you know, I'll probably get some hate for it. But some of this Chinese medicine that they like, they're promoting and they're like, you know, some of these things, they work well, but then they can't recreate it in a study. Like, how do you know that pressing on this is going to make my <laughs> kidneys work better? You know, right? You know, you don't know because you know you can press on that all you want, and you can like measure kidney levels, and you're not going to see any difference. Yeah, you know, it's all—it's almost all anecdotal, and you know, some of it's been uh, been studied. Like they did some of the stuff with uh, you know reflexology in the foot and uh, and pregnancy. I think that's like one of the only ones that's actually been studied, like yeah. to induce uh, you know contractions. Oh, yeah? um, because they actually studied it and said don't go get reflexology if you're pregnant, you know. Uh, but pretty much the rest of them they can't they, they can't re, uh, recreate the study. And that's almost more of like a a fear than it is like this is a cause and effect type thing. Yeah. You know, don't accidentally induce this might be true. <laughs> so don't <laughs> so induce don't labor. Do it. Early. Yeah. yeah. And so it's I don't know. It, uh, I had trouble with that. And so I see a lot of times in like the recovery world you know, I'm I, I'm almost super skeptical when I see these things, you know, because I've seen some, I've seen some massage guns where like, oh, our frequency of massage gun speaks to the cells of the muscle better than their <laughs> massage gun that's $300 cheaper. And uh, it's like, oh, I okay, okay, you know, that I doubt that's real, but, you know.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, it, I think it'd be a great topic because it is something that is so prevalent now and It's important for your training. Like, how many days a week do you train?
0: Right now, I train three days a week.
1: Okay. See, I train six days a week. So, you know, for me, that one day off, it is, all right, what can I do to make sure that the following day
0: I'm ready to go again? Yeah. Yeah, just to be able to do that consistency. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's a big part of it. You know, some people think you just, like, go heavy every day. You think that when you're young. But reality is that it's building up that work capacity, that volume.
1: I might go heavy once a week, and it's not even through an entire workout. It's more of like maybe one or two exercises in the workout. Yep. You know, because I'd rather get more reps and work on form and just be more diligent in what I'm doing than, all right, I'm going to go heavy today. Now, there's days where I just want to because it's just fun yeah. to see what your body can do and what yep. you've been working towards. But, yeah, I think, in all honesty, I only try and go heavy maybe once a week on anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, again, I mean, that's that's good because, you are you know, you're still going heavy. You're yep. still getting that stimulus. Uh, you're not going so heavy that you're injured and you can't come in the next day. You're yep. consistent. Uh, and, you know, that brings it right back around. So your programming – fits in well with that whole consistency idea Mm -hmm. uh, with the accountability of training at 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. Yeah, 6 a.m. is when I wake up. uh, Yeah. So
1: it is funny when my neighbors drive by and I have the garage door open and I can just, all I see is their headlights, but I know what they're thinking going, what is this guy doing? Like (laughs) it's dark out still. Like it's nighttime. Why is he still, what's he doing? But it's when, when you have kids and you know they're they're busy with school and I have a full-time job and you know married that's that's the time that works for us yeah you know and my buddy Pete same thing like he's got three kids married full-time job yeah that's what time works for us we try we used to do it in the afternoons before kids and that was great but the consistency wasn't there because i might get off at work at 7 or he might get off at work at eight or all right we both got work off five but i work in downtown so can you meet me at the gym at 6 30 he's like i'm already here yeah you know so the consistency wasn't there so we just finally were like how about morning yeah and it i'll tell i'll be honest with you it was terrible the first month
0: oh well, first month huh
1: first month like most people are like oh after a week you're used to it wake yourself up for a month at 4 15 every morning or at one point we were doing it at four and going to the gym at 4 30 because we were going to a gym that was open 24 7. hmm that's tough that makes your day real long so
0: what time do you go to sleep
1: There, usually i'm in bed between nine and ten even on fridays i'll train or i'll train in the morning sometimes the afternoon just depending on the schedule but yeah monday th- sunday through thursday night i'm in bed nine nine and ten
0: yeah so you're getting about six hours of sleep and that works for you that's about it yeah yeah and you feel mentally aware yeah you know you yeah. I guess everyone's a little different. They do better with their certain amount of sleep. Yep. Um, yeah. Mine's like seven and a half. Okay.
1: So for me, it, it changed when I had kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Yep. cause the sleep patterns just changed. And again, it was just more of that consistency with that. So yeah, six hours works for me and it, it gets me what I need. I work out fasted. You know, that's another thing. Mm. I don't, I don't eat breakfast before I work out cause I don't want to feel heavy and bloated. Yeah. So that's another thing that my body had to get used to was I'm getting energy from whatever's left in me from the night before, which is usually not a lot. Yeah. Um, and so that's, Mm. there, there are plenty of people that need food to work out and that's where they get the energy. My body's just gotten so used to it. Now I'm real hungry when I get done with the gym. Oh yeah. I bet. I've tried intermittent fasting, doing it like two times a week. I mean, I'm, I'm starving at six thirty, so to wait till like noon to eat is it, it just you I did lose some of that you know that mental that cognitive kind of yeah I, w- I was getting real foggy when I would do that and I was like, you know what that just doesn't work for me, and it works for some people and I you know I was you could see the differences and and it was good here and there, but yeah I, I work out fasted,
0: yeah, that's crazy <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I I gotta eat before, but I gotta have like forty five minutes. Okay, you know after I eat to when I can train. Train because you know you just gotta get a little bit of time to digest. Because otherwise, like you said, you just feel heavy. Yep. So we uh, we had a lot of little odd breaks in here, Um, whether my uh, my kids getting needing some attention or something like that, or the uh, something going on. So it's a little choppy, but you know it's all good. It's the nature of having a a podcast with uh, two kids that are actually behaving very well uh, for how long we're in here doing yeah,
1: this. This is real life. Again, we were talking about it earlier. Authenticity. Yeah. This yeah. is about as authentic as it gets.
0: Yep. And these kids are used to being in a gym. So yeah. They, uh, they grow up, I mean, that's, I mean, your kids probably are too with the garage gym. Yeah. They're used to seeing bars. They're used to seeing you work out, which is, uh, I think that's immensely valuable for them to see you working hard. You know, well, they might not see you cause you're in four fifteen, but Oh, they, know, they, they, the they roll effects. out every
1: once in a while when i'm like what are you doing up they're like oh we heard it we heard you down here i'm like go back to bed <laughs> or there's times where you know i've incorporated them into the workouts
0: oh yeah i bet they love that
1: yeah you know because we have kettlebells and, and lightweight dumbbells i don't let them touch the bar or the plates because they're just not i have a eight-year-old and a five-year-old they're just not at that stage yet but uh, strength wise but they like to you know kids are sponges they watch you they they look at it mm-hmm. I, I think it's extremely important to be a role model for your kids in all aspects of life including fitness and like health yeah you know like the food that we have around our house is way different than the food i grew up with yeah <laughs> you know like and there's some things you know they still get the crappy cereal here and there but you know they're eating protein bars or you know, they have vegetables every single night for, for mm-hmm. dinner. They don't drink soda. Like it's just a different, putting them in that situation will creates a really good foundation for them later on in life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I always have a hard time, you know, seeing, uh, you know, I would see some kids and they'd be drinking out of a two liter bottle. Like I'd, I'd go to a, like a park and I'd see yeah. like a family and they'd have a two liter bottle and they'd have like the whole family sharing that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I used to think, oh, man, I can't believe like they're letting their kids do that. And then like one time I was in the store and I realized that a two liter bottle of soda was cheaper than like a gallon of water. Yep. And I was like, eh, OK, I mean, makes like, sense. it makes a little bit more sense. Um, so like some people, it's tough to, you know, be healthy. But if you've got the choice, you know go with a healthier option and you can do that cheaper. Yeah. Um, you know, you can save that two liter bottle and fill it up with your water at home. You know,
1: mm-hmm. I mean, it, but again, it, it's, it, it is a commitment and there is a cost difference in it. But in regards to kids, like, you know, like you said, they grew up in the gym. Like, I think this is great. I don't have any problem with them, you know, being in the gym and, and having fun. And yeah, because they, they're watching you and, And, you know, you host classes now for kids.
0: Yep. And it's just mostly just fun stuff to get them exposed to a sport.
1: Get them moving. Yeah. Because, you know, that's the one thing that I see coaching Little League Baseball now is there are some kids that are six, seven, eight years old that are already very unhealthy. Yeah. And unfortunately, you look at the parents and you go, okay. And you don't want that for your kids. Yep. So that's why I'm. I like the fact that they come to the gym, or you know that your kids are here at the gym, or that my kids come out and they'll want to work out with me. Now there are times where, just like we're doing here, I'm like, you guys have to stay away from me. like the, I have dangerous amount of weight
0: yeah. in front
1: of me or on top of me. I can't have you guys running around, and you know, God forbid, I drop it on myself or I drop it on them. Yep. But they see it right again. Kids are sponges. Like the fact that. They're here and they're they're playing with the equipment and safely, I will say. Uh, it's the same thing with my kids. Like, I like to incorporate them on the stuff. Like, my oldest son, Nolan, I'm like, hey, let's go do sprints up the hill. Yeah. And I'll run behind him. That way he wins, but I'm also pushing him. Hey, I'm going to catch him. I'm going to catch him. I'm going to catch it. Just so he knows how to push himself and knows what it takes to not only be healthy, but also, you know, push yourself and your body yeah it's fulfilling it is fulfilling and you you know that in in what you do here as well as what you have did in your life you know in in weightlifting is i think so many people sell themselves short on what their body is actually capable of doing
0: yeah definitely yeah and you almost need like almost a delusional mindset to tap into how much you can actually do because it probably is a lot more yeah so you almost need to think that you're delusional
1: So when I deadlifted 405 in here, I was at 185 pounds because I was training for a half marathon. So I would come in here, work out, and then run fasted five, six, seven, eight miles. So I was 185 pounds deadlifting 405. And doing endurance work. And doing endurance work. And again, it's kind of that delusional mindset where I was like, man, I feel really strong. And my body isn't reacting as like, you're broken down, you're beaten down,
0: you're worn down, don't do it. It was more of like, hey, you can do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're still going about it smart, but yeah, you know, setting those expectations and you know letting yourself start believing it, and then yeah. you, a lot of times you'll be able to do it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Um, so speaking of that, um, you know, that I think that's a good place to leave it off uh, for today. And uh, so, tell us a little bit about your uh, where people can find you, and uh, I know you just started a business.
1: Yeah, I did. So. You know you can find me Ryan.defaber on instagram it's d-e-f-a-b-e-r um and like james mentioned i have my own podcast two cents worth where a lot of it is fitness i do have guests i haven't had guests in a while it's more of just kind of everyday topics that i talk about that's going on in my life that i see that i have an opinion on um and then my company is bears den gym that's the name of my garage gym. I named my, my gym Bears Den Gym, and I started a, an apparel company. So you can find me at www.bearsdengym.com.
0: Nice. Yeah, and that's been pretty cool to follow. And, uh, you know, I can appreciate a lot of those things too because, you know, just owning your own gym, you can uh, – you have the fun of owning your own business. Yeah. And it's a, it's almost like a, an adventure and a project in itself. Yeah. Uh, so that's been kind of fun to see the, the progress of that and seeing how you've been uh, – you know, starting. And so that's, uh, that's cool. So make sure you go check them out. Um, and yeah, thanks again for coming on. Um, uh, you can check me out at, uh house of weightlifting and James Tatum USA on Instagram. And my website is uh house of Uh, we have just started a youth class. That's the biggest thing. So if you are in around the Charlotte or Indian land area and you want your kids to learn how to, uh, safely do the the movements of weightlifting which in our class we mostly spend like 10 minutes on weightlifting the rest of it's about like movement and Mm -hmm. activity uh we are doing those on saturdays so uh reach out to me if you guys want to uh check that out it's from ages 6 to 12 right now we're working on adding some more classes for different age groups so uh, be on the lookout for that if you got somebody older um and then we might even have some just once a week adult classes i don't know we'll see um, again, just having fun with the business. Yeah, uh, there you go. Yeah, so that is it. I uh, appreciate you guys listening. Make sure you uh, uh, review, uh, subscribe, do all those things, and uh, that's it. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.